Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Menschwarmers. I'm Gabe, and that's Jamie. We're here to talk about the world of Jews in sports. A lot of things to talk about today, Gabe. Uh, I apologize to you and our listeners for my hoarse voice. Uh, I might have uh, gotten a little sick on my recent trip. A little personal sports news. I uh, got to play the Banff Springs Golf Course. That was pretty excellent. How was that? Unbelievable. Beautiful course. You're hitting into the mountains the entire time. But I played 27 holes, and I think it just took a took too much of a toll on me. You got a little sunstroke. There's so. such a thing as too much golf. There is such a thing as too much golf. I uh, played softball today, though. That was nice. Not too sick for that. There so you that go. Good. Any uh, sports in your weekend? Um, I am running. Yeah. From time to time. It's not so bad. I've been uh, also playing some ultimate frisbee. Sure. Like many, like a, a sport with a long Jewish history that uh, we're going to talk about later on the podcast. But first, uh, let's talk about this week in uh, uh, regular lives. What's going on? There's, it's the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Big deal. Coming up, two teams with uh, serious Jewish histories. Jamie, do you want to take us through? Yeah, before we get to that, though, uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened a week and a half ago. We had a great event, the CJN Podcast Network launch party at Christie Pitts. Uh, we had a nice Lugba Omer bonfire. That's right. Great turnout. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners for coming. Yeah, it was great to see some people uh, we hadn't met before uh, meeting with us and uh, Michael and Alex, the hosts of the Canadian Jewish Schmooze, our sister podcast on the CJN Podcast Network. That's right. And you can find our podcast and their podcast uh, on cjnews.com, as always. I highly recommend it. It's uh, very good. We also appreciate if you uh, subscribe subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Search for us on Twitters. We're at Menschwarmers. Uh, reach out to us. Give us feedback. Anything you got, we're, we're happy to take it. That's right. Uh, it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, um, CastBox, Podbox, Livecast, Podstitch. We got them all. We got them. That's right. Uh, so, Gabe, uh, recent Jewish sporting news. That's right. It is the Stanley Cup Finals. Before that. Okay. Let's look to the other goalie game. Uh, there was a big soccer match recently. Oh, that's right. Our our Yid army was uh, in full force in Madrid. That's right. Uh, Tottenham, the uh, traditionally Jewish team from North London, faced Liverpool, uh, who I assume is from Liverpool, uh, home of the Beatles. Did you know that? Not Jews. Yeah. Um, and they played each other in the Champions Champions League final in Madrid. And the Yid Army was out in force. Uh, thanks to our uh, one, one at least one British listener who yes. sent us some pictures uh, from on the ground uh, of the Yid Army in Madrid. Was he there? He was there, it seems. Wow. Yeah. That's so fascinating. So he was representing and, and rep- representing for all the menschwarmers out there. That's right. Watching Tottenham. Unfortunately, uh, Tottenham's luck ran out. They lost two nothing to Liverpool. They gave gave up a penalty early uh, to Mo Salah, uh, and that sort of put it away. They added another goal late, and that was it. So. I feel like maybe this is sort of self defeating, but I feel like for most Jewish athletes, just making the final is a pretty big uh, sure. excitement. Sure. So I'm sure the Yid Army in uh, Tottenham's a little disappointed, but uh, they made it there. So well, good. All right, now we can get to it, Gabe. It's the NHL Finals. Uh, right now, the series is tied 2-2. That's right. Uh, St. Louis won at home last night. They beat Boston 4-2. Uh-huh. And it's going back to Boston for Game 5. Which and, is tomorrow uh, or Thursday. Well, well, by the time this airs, Game 5 will presumably have happened. Right. But ne- right now, it's 2-2. And we thought it would be a good time to talk a little bit about the Jewish connection for these two teams. Let's hear it. That sounds great. So the St. Louis Blues, this is their 50th year. And their founder was a man named Sid Solomon. Uh, that sounds tribal. 
He was he was a Jewish uh, business leader. He was one of the leaders of the Jewish community in St. Louis. He owned the team for many years, and uh, from what we can tell, was it was a you know big part of the Jewish community there. Is he responsible for the horizontally sliced bagel? I don't know. I don't know his connection is to the St. Louis bread company. Do you think he's ever eaten a horizontally sliced bagel? I, I or is I would, that like an abomination for St. Louis Jews? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, for for people who have never been to St. Louis, we sure seem to talk about St. Louis <laughs> Jews a lot on this podcast. So if, if anyone, any of our listeners from St. Louis can help us out and, and give us some insight into the Midwestern uh, Jewish community there. We, we'd be happy to take some information. Yes. Uh, Mr. Solomon and his family no longer on the team, but they were responsible for a lot of his early success. I didn't know this until, until recently. Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest hockey historian, but the St. Louis Blues made the Stanley Cup Finals in their first three years of existence. And never since. Yeah, and never since. This is the first time since. Wow. Apparently, it was because uh, there were a bunch of expansion teams, and they were yeah. all put in the same division. So they were the winning team that was fed to the Montreal Canadiens That's repeatedly. Right. That's right. Unlike uh, the actually successful expansion team of last year, my beloved Vegas Golden Knights, <laughs> who I think of as being a very Jewish hockey team, given that they're in Las Vegas, a city created entirely by Jews. Is it really? I thought it was mostly Mormons. No, absolutely not. I mean, like maybe it was founded by Mormons or I mean, based on his name, I think it was founded by Spanish settlers. Uh, it means the Meadows. That's great. But Las I Vegas is... a lot of Meadows right there. All right, fine. But Las Vegas' <laughs> transformation into the Las Vegas that, that we all know and love is entirely due to Jewish gangsters who turned it into a den of gambling. Right. You're Steve's Win and Sheldon's Adelson. Yeah, I'm thinking a little more like Bugsy Siegel, but okay. <laughs> uh, well, sure. Now there's different kinds of Jew- Jewish... Uh, I don't want to say gangsters because these people are still alive. And could sue us. So uh, there's different kind of Jewish business people who are, who are responsible for its ongoing success. If Sheldon Adelson is listening to this podcast, we'd love to have you on and talk about politics with you. I don't know if I want that at all. <laughs> Why not? Well, think he's a Golden Knights fan? Uh, I'm, yeah, I think he is. I mean, I think that they were they helped uh, finance some of it. They're big, right? I, he was important in getting the Raiders in. Yes. There was a big story about it recently. You take a look at Sheldon Adelson and you wonder... When was the last guy that guy got up from his chair? Yeah, he's not the best looking guy these days. Uh, and they're bringing the Raiders. I mean, we've yeah. always been a very Jewish he's very team. Very involved. Uh, Owned by the Davis family of Oakland. That's right. And L.A. Yep. And uh, soon they'll be in Oakland. I think what starting twenty twenty. They'll be in Las Vegas Sorry, next two seasons. In twenty twenty, I think yeah, they're starting in Las Vegas. So that'll be fun. Anyways, back to hockey. Uh, another connection: the Bruins currently yep. are owned by Jeremy Jacobs, uh, who made his money through I'm going to say real estate. Uh, he also owns the TD, TD Garden where the Bruins and the Boston Celtics play. Right. Uh, and he's Jewish, and I think he's been the owner for some time now. While the Bruins have had a sustained period of success, of course, they won the Stanley Cup back in, uh, what was it, 2011? Yes, And uh, they made it again in 2013, I think. So uh, Jeremy Jacobs is a Buffalonian okay. from University of Buffalo, and he made his money, wow, in charge of the Delaware North Hospitality Company. Oh, wow. Which is actually fairly interesting. Uh, they operate a large percentage of the concessions and campgrounds in the U.S. National Park System. Oh, wow. Cool. So a, money, a man who made a lot of money off of, well, the public. Do you ever feel like when you're reading a, a billionaire's Wikipedia page that they tell you how they made their money, but they just sort of gloss over the billions of dollars <laughs> part? It's like if they were writing a Wikipedia article about me, they'd be like, well, he's a lawyer and like he did okay. Like, right. you know, he, he made a nice living from it. But it's like, if it, if all of a sudden I had $4 billion in the bank, I think it would take more explanation than just like, you know, he did some things. Like, I want to know the real truth. Like, what did this guy do? How did he make his money? Like, what, did his company go public? You know? What it says right here is, 
Jeremy Jacobs owns and operates the business founded by his father, Delaware North. Okay. That's it. Exactly. No other explanation. Exactly. So, like, how many thousands or millions of people operate a business started by their parents that didn't turn out to be billionaires? <laughs> At some point, this guy decided that uh, he was going to become incredibly rich, and uh, Delaware Holdings made some deals that netted him an absurd amount of money. So... Uh, he is listed as an alumni of Harvard University. Okay, good for him. Yes. Uh, he attended a six-week program in order to get his business degree from Harvard. Oh, wow. Maybe it's like a, it's like a time-served kind of thing. It's like, well, you're a billionaire. You've made, you've made a billion-dollar company. We're going to just assume that you, you deserve this MBA. That's right. Does Harvard give honorary degrees to people who... Just are successful. Yeah, I think they. I think they do. honorary degrees certainly. Right, but, but I'm there saying are like actual degrees. Like, yeah, you you could have gone to Harvard. We yeah, would have I'm liked saying, you. I'm saying it's like it's like a you earn this by virtue of the work that you did and not because you actually like went to our school for six years and got a PhD or right. something. Like that that I, used to happen more with like Einstein, like in, back in the in the in the turn of the last century right. where it's like somebody would publish some really important paper and be like, all right, we're giving you a PhD. Like we thought this was a really good, this, you know so, what? Yeah. Theory of relativity. This is some good shit right here. You're now and, a doctor uh, of, of, you know, a PhD in yeah. physics at this place. Well, uh, I always, I think it's like that sort of thing. You go to the six week Harvard program so you can say you went to Harvard. Right. I've always wanted to like, you know, apply to Harvard so I could tell people when they're saying, Oh, where are you going to go to school? Well, I'm applying to a Harvard MBA. Right. Right. I not mean right. anything. I'm just applying. Sure. Uh, you know, I felt like there were a lot of we we uh, for our listeners who don't know us both went to McGill University in Montreal. Go uh, Marlots. What are we now? Marlots. Yeah, just Marlots. Just right? Marlots. Okay. Go Marlots. And uh, I feel like there were everyone from the states was like telling would always tell us about how they got into so many Ivy League universities but decided to go to McGill <laughs> because it was cheaper and, and they just liked the the joie de vivre of, of, of the Montreal exactly. And it was always so pretentious. It's like, well, you know, I, I had to choose between Yale and Dartmouth and McGill, but I eventually chose McGill. It's like, man, nobody cares. Like, you're, <laughs> you're here now. So, well, I, I, I was saying, like Jeremy Jacobs, I would tell everyone that if I could have gone to Harvard. All right, like well, I said, uh, applying to Harvard. Well, I'm applying to Harvard. Yeah. Does that matter whether or not I get in? You know, I think Harvard for a graduate degree will take you if you pay them enough money. Like, it doesn't have to be so much. But Interesting. I do you think know. they still have a Jewish quota? Like no, secretly? I don't think they. I don't think they do anymore. But but they certainly once. There did. have been other things. They had, um, you know, they've had fights over Asian quotas and things. Really like that, recently, right? yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, getting off topic a little bit. Presumably, uh, Jeremy Jacobs takes the Harvard education and not the Harvard racial policies. Presumably. Uh, anyways, good luck to him and his Boston Bruins. I guess I don't know. I I think I probably shouldn't be saying that. I'm not a Leafs fan, but I know. Some of our listeners probably are and probably have some hatred towards the Boston Bruins who seem to uh, own the Leafs. Is that right? Is, <laughs> yeah, that, is that the technical term? I think so. I think so. Legal ownership of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so maybe we should be rooting for the St. Louis Blues, a Jewish-founded team. That's and, right. Uh, Sid you know, Solomon Jr. Uh, and how did he make his money in St. Louis? I think he was just a businessman at a time when you could just buy a hockey team. Right. Like it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> You know, the expansion, like a, the expansion fee was a couple of bottles of wine. Yeah, exactly. Like back in the '60s, buying a hockey team was like investing in a restaurant. Right. <laughs> it just turned out to be an excellent investment. Uh, right. You of know. course. But uh, that's all we have for hockey. I think I, I don't that's think there's any any Jewish players on the uh, on the rosters of the Bruins or the or the or the Blues or the Blues. Well, we'll get to a Jew or not Jew later on in the episode where we'll talk about a uh, maybe. Jewish player on the Buffalo, on the Boston uh, Boston on the St. Louis Blues. But first, we've got another final to talk about. It's the NBA final. Jamie, give me some Raptor news. Well, 
our beloved Toronto Raptors have made the NBA Finals for the first time. Uh, this is important to us as, as Toronto fans and the Jewish connection, as we've mentioned before, Larry Tannenbaum, Kilmore Sports, the owner and founder of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, always right. been a big supporter. As well, perhaps the most famous Jewish person in the world is the Raptors' number one fan. And that brings us to our next topic. Uh, I think I think we're going to have a little conversation here about uh, Aubrey Graham, Drake himself. Uh, or uh, as Clay Thompson calls him, Aubrey. Yeah. Bum-ass Aubrey. So right now... I think you would agree uh, Drake is the most famous sports fan in the world. Yes, I would uh, agree. You know, he's made himself a presence at Toronto Raptors yep. games. And this is really, you know, I think hits home for us because Drake is, uh, you know, he's, he's from Toronto, where we're both from. Uh, he And he grew, he grew up Jewish. Uh, and I think for... Toronto Jews of our of a certain generation of our generation, he's always sort of stood as a kind of uh, you know alter ego, a sort of person that we're rooting for in some ways, and also feel a sense of of uh, not necessarily ownership, but a connection to him because there's, of where he came from. There's a Jerry Seinfeld joke where he says, you know, when you're a kid, comic books, Batman, <coughs> Superman. Uh, there's Batman. There's Superman. These aren't fantasies these are career options right and i think drake represents that for a lot of jewish kids from toronto oh i sort of am like him i could be that absolutely and drake has been for a long time an incredibly visible raptors fan uh he was previously had some sort of employment relationship with the team as the as a sort of global ambassador yep and he had to step away from that, I think, just because, like, tampering rules made it complicated. But still, he's been there at every finals game. Yep. He's been there for most of the Eastern Conference finals games in the first and second rounds, uh, sitting courtside. He's incredibly visible. And this has caused a lot of controversy. People don't like uh, people don't like Drake being there, shouting, jumping up and down. I mean, Spike Lee does the same thing. Jack Nicholson does the same thing, you know, in New York and Los Angeles, respectively. But... Mm -hmm. Drake's Canadian. We're supposed to be polite. He's Jewish. We're supposed to be quiet. Sure. There's a lot of uh, controversy you're stirring up by getting on the floor. And uh, uh, there's some responses to this. I think most of the players are okay with it. Yeah, I uh, think so. I mean, there was a bit of controversy over, uh, you know, how in, in the face of some of the players he was getting. And uh, Draymond Green of the uh, Golden State Warriors was asked about it. And here's what he said. He said... It is what it is. He's a fan. He talks and it gets more attention because he's Drake. So many people are complaining about it. Like, you don't let any other fan do that. Yeah, any other fan is not Drake. And I right. think that, that speaks to really his unique place here. I mean, we talked about Spike Lee, Jack Nicholson. I mean, you know, Jack certainly, I don't know if he's gotten up from his chair in a long time. Uh, I mean, the Lakers <laughs> haven't given him a lot to, to cheer for at the right. moment. Spike Lee is an incredibly animated fan and probably I would say is at Drake's level in terms of how much he's, he's been a presence and sort of yes. like a rallying force for, for Knicks fans. Absolutely. So you've got Spike Lee standing, jumping up and down, walking up the court. He's obviously a black man. You've got Woody Allen, who goes to every Knicks game, sitting quietly in the corner, uh, not saying anything, wearing a bucket hat. He's a Jewish Knicks fan. Is Drake a combination of the two? I mean, I don't know if it's that simple. I think he's, I, I think at his heart, I've always thought of Drake as like a real theater kid. Yeah. Like he loves performing. And I mean, you know, I think there's always been for those of us who grew up in similar circumstances to Drake in similar part of town, a feeling that he has sort of adopted a persona in terms of who he is. I'm not, I'm not so necessarily sure fa faulting him for that, but I think that he, he has become in becoming 
probably the biggest rapper in the world. Uh, yeah. it, it, certainly in terms of commercial success, I would say the, probably the biggest rapper in the world. Well, everything's a persona. He's trying yeah, to sell records all the that's time. That's fine. You think about what Shaq said about the game. He said, Drake's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. It's called marketing. And that's right. If you're the biggest musician in the world, you're trying to sell records, you're trying to sell concert tickets. Here's a sporting event watched by millions of people around the world. Get up in that fucking camera because you want them to fall to listen to your music. If the... Uh, Broadcasters keep saying, oh, here's Drake. He's there. He's there. He's up. He's touching the coach. He's getting around. He's yelling at the players. That get puts his name in the headlines. That's marketing. I just want to point out, I think that was our first F-bomb on the podcast. There will be no beeped version. This is, <laughs> this is real, people. This isn't This American Life. This is an adult show. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. I think that's, that's true. But I, I think it is performance. You know? and, but it's performance for a good reason. I don't fault him for it. I think he's doing it to, to build up his brand. This is yeah. part of who he is now. That's he, right. As you said, he is the guy who's sitting courtside, who's going crazy. And, and as much as, uh, you know, regardless of whether, whether or not you like his music, or you like some of the things that he does or anything like that. If you're in Toronto, you have his back to a certain degree. Like, right. He's our guy. Maybe you, you want to criticism, criticize him in some ways, but like only in the way that, that like, but nobody else can. You know what I mean? Like when he got in a beef with Meek Mill a couple of years of course. ago. And he was sort of a, I don't want to say fair weather, but he really, he repped the, the Blue Jays really hard when they were having success in 2015 and 2016. Yep. Uh, and he got into a back beef to with, back. Exactly. He got in a beef with Meek Mill. Uh, like that was great. Everyone, everyone really enjoyed that and enjoyed that he was doing that. Uh, we, we weren't going to stand there and, and let somebody from Philly, uh, criticize our rap, uh, our right. rapper, you know, he's that's our right. guy. He's a, and I think for Canadian Jews, I feel like that's a, that's a double down. It's like a double identity. I mean, he is also on top of being the biggest Canadian rapper of all time, the biggest Jewish rapper of all time by, Absolutely. by far. I mean, the, the, the next runners up, I, I would I say guess the, the, the Beastie, Beastie Boys. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe MC search, uh, you know, MC search from third base who, 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 you know, was involved in producing or you know, modern Matic times. Like maybe that. Mac Miller was very, very popular. Yeah. Yeah. Mac Miller's popular, but not at the level of Drake. No, not, not obviously not, but not the and, crossover but success. Totally. And the Beastie Boys were obviously around for a long time, but Mac Miller was, was extremely popular for a lot of people. Sure. And, you know, unfortunately his death took a, a, what a really promising career away. Absolutely. Uh, but I, you know, I think that's had special meaning to a lot of Jews that there yep. is, there is a guy that you can see. And look, I, I, I think that there's, uh, there's plenty of reasons why not that many Jews have broken into rap. Uh, Rick Rubin. He's a uh, pretty important Jewish I rap Rick Rubin guy. wasn't Jewish. I think he is Jewish. I thought he wasn't. You know, we'll have to fact check that. We'll, we'll uh, have to, we'll, uh, we'll get back to that we'll one. We'll get back to that one later on in the episode. Um, but you know, it has been impressive to see Drake. So all of it is, is just very, I think, meaningful for for those of us in Toronto, Jews and not Jews alike, uh, to see Drake repping the city this hard and to make himself visible. I mean, again, I think it is a performance, but it's a performance that I respect and that I, that I appreciate. You know, the NBA has asked him to tone it down a little bit. Uh, there was the famous shoulder rub of, of Raptors head coach Nick Nurse. That's right. That, uh, maybe that I think Adam Silver said pushed it a little bit too far. But uh, as Draymond said, it, you know, he's not a regular fan. And I think Adam Silver gets that. Yeah. I think Adam Silver says, oh, he pushed it a little too far and, you know, find them $50,000 to donate to charity, which is really a rounding error for Wait, that Wait, did team. he? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. He got fined. Yeah, the team got fined $50,000. Okay. But, and it was likely, you know, some sort of, oh, that's too far. It's a token amount. Yeah. They're okay. Okay. Uh, just following up, Rick Rubin, son of Mickey and Linda Rubin from Long Island, New York. Okay. Say no more. <laughs> Well, there the you man go. is I mean, a member of the tribe. A, 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 you know, a legendary music producer and uh, 
I, I guess he, he and would Kanye be West friend. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's it. Shout out to Drake, I guess. We, we hope the Raptors win. Uh, yep. I don't know that he's welcoming Golden State to go to the games. I, I don't know if he'll go or I sit don't, courtside. I doubt he will. If he goes, maybe somewhere in a box. Yeah. Did you, did you notice they showed him a lot less in game two? No, they bar- I didn't. They barely showed him at all on TV. I think they sort of said, like, that's enough. That's enough. I wonder if, uh, or I bet if, if he goes to Golden State, he represents a lot of the team as he did in the Milwaukee series. He's going to get booed a whole lot. Right. And that's not good marketing. No, I think it is. Sometimes you got to play the heel. I mean, when you're in when you're in Oakland, you got to represent your team and, and allow yourself to be the heel. Again, uh, maybe. I think it's a mix of true fandom. You know, he he's uh, a few years older than us. I think yep. he was born in '86, so he would have been uh, nine when the Raptors started. He remembers it well. I I think he was produced or was part of the production team for that documentary about Vince Carter, the Carter oh, effect. Yeah. I think right. he was involved in he that. Was involved. And uh, that was about the. Uh, effect that Vince Carter as the sort of first superstar for the Toronto Raptors had on basketball in Canada and encouraging people to play. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think he sort of, as as I said, he came of age at a time where the Raptors were the new thing. And it was very exciting to have a basketball team here. We remember that in those first couple of years. It was very exciting, even, you know, when they were playing in the Sky Dome and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, yeah, great to see Drake out there. Uh, Toronto Raptors, it's nice to see a very diverse fan base. I mean, you know, it's not the be-all end-all of... uh, race relations in the city but uh you know the fact that the the two biggest raptors fans are a black jewish guy and a uh sikh guy who's been navbatia who's been the raptors biggest fan for years it's a wonderful slice of the multiculturalism absolutely it's nice to see i don't understand why they don't have more multicultural food options at the games (laughs) as we talked about last week they have old spadina you can get that. I believe there is a shawarma stand now. Yeah, halal? Yeah. I don't know if it's halal. Yeah, okay. That's the question. Who knows? Although right. they, I mean, people who keep halal could almost certainly eat at Old Spadina. Yeah. Well, I guess. I'm just saying it's like for the amount of people who are Raptors fans, uh, who are uh, Indian, of Indian heritage or Pakistani heritage, yeah. there's no Indian food there. Or and that Middle would be Eastern great. heritage. Aid Mubarak, by the way. Yeah. Aid Mubarak we, to all uh, our Muslim fans. We record today. Uh I've got something to talk about if we move on. Sure. Something I, we haven't shared yet, but I'm curious to know Jamie's thoughts. I know Jamie is loath to talk about pro wrestling, but I'm a fan. This Friday is a very controversial WWE show in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. Extremely controversial. Sure. It's Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, lifelong fan, gets his favorite wrestler. So I want to pose to you a question. Okay. This show is being headlined on a match, The Undertaker... Versus Bill Goldberg, okay. notable Jewish wrestler. Do you think Mohammed bin Salman knows he's Jewish? Well, the answer to your, to your question is yes. He absolutely you does. You think so? He absolutely does. And I think that he probably doesn't give a shit because MBS, from what I understand, has lots of Jewish friends and colleagues and things like that. Does he? Yeah. They still don't really let Jewish people into the country. He's like buddies with Jared Kushner. They're like, you know. I don't know if they're di- friends. Dictating American foreign policy on, on the Middle East together. Um, yeah, I don't think he really cares. I don't think he, he cares about anything except for, you know, his own consolidation of power and apparently wrestling. So, uh, good for him, I guess. I don't know. I, 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 I find it hard to have too strong an opinion on Saudi Arabia because I feel like all the information I'm getting about him and other things is very secondhand and inherently going to be based on somebody else's reflection of how things are. So, Oh, I don't think this has anything to do with politics in Saudi Arabia. I'm just curious if he is aware that Bill Goldberg is Jewish. 
Uh, I bet he is. I, I, I think that the Goldberg name means something. And I think he was educated in the States, wasn't he? Or, or England? I, I think you would know what that meant. Um, is, is Goldberg the heel here? Or is this, uh, is, no. do you get to a certain level where you don't need a heel anymore? You don't need a heel. It's just for the show. Did Taker start out as a heel? No, he was Mean Mark. Mean Mark? He was Mark. just a scary man. Okay. And he's always been so beloved. He's been a heel. He's been faced, but he's like the beloved type of heel. What's the, um, a babyface heel is like a, a good looking guy. A tweener. A tweener. Yeah. So was he ever that? No, because he was no. not like a good looking He was just, man. people just always loved him. Okay. Uh, always loved him. Well, I didn't know Goldberg was still wrestling, but good for him, I guess. He's not. Okay. MBS has given him a lot of money to come out for this one match. Well, get your money, Bill Goldberg. I mean, exactly. You know, better than, uh, I don't know, whatever he did when he was struggling to get recognition. I feel like every wrestler lived off like $5,000 a year when they're starting out. Oh, yeah. I think Goldberg was a pro football player, so he okay. might have done okay. Right. But yeah, I think there's a lot of living in your car. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching a documentary about Steve Austin where he was showing how he used to slice raw potatoes and eat them. <laughs> And it's like, this is all I could afford. I didn't have money to heat them up. Right. And it's like, right. that's how Butterbean got his name. He was just eating a lot of beans from the can, I think. That's He's how. not Jewish. Butterbean. No, I don't think. No. Esh? Named Esh? Yeah, that's uh, Dutch or something. Dutch? Oh, yeah. Well, there aren't a lot of Jewish wrestlers. Obviously, there's Bill Goldberg and, and Paul Heyman, the uh, Jewish mouthpiece to many wrestlers, sure. uh, went to the last Saudi Arabia show. But something tells me they're not going to be... Paul Heyman gimmick is very much of like a fast-talking deal maker. Uh, and I think the a crowd in a foreign a foreign country or in the south of the United States might have a different reason to like that right. character than others. I was gonna say like the crowd in Saudi Arabia probably like is just a, a, oblivious to the fact that some of the wrestlers are Jewish, whereas like a crowd in the south might be like openly anti-Semitic to some of them. Right, exactly. Like I think it just might not occur to them exactly. that they might be Jewish. Yeah. Well, anyway. So let's move on. Uh, our last section today, Gabe, you said that you had a Jew or not a Jew in hockey. I do. I'm going to I'm gonna give you one first. Okay. Um, so it was recently the MLB draft. Yep. A couple of Jewish prospects we talked about recently have been drafted. Hunter, one of them named Hunter. Hunter Bishop. Hunter Bishop. be from Jewish heritage. We're not sure what his practice is. Josh Wolf seems to be, his second round pick seems to be a, a proud Jew as far as you can tell. And with yep. a name like that. Be hard not to be. We talked about him with Jonathan Mayo on a previous episode. Hunter Bishop sounds like the backwards name of a rook. Yeah, that's right. Um, so here's what I got for you. This is uh, a player who has not been drafted yet, and he broke his leg at the end of the season. So I'm not sure if he's going to be drafted. Ah, uh, Nebuch. He plays for. I'm going to give you some some hints here, some information. He plays for the University of California, Santa Barbara. Lovely, lovely place. The Gauchos. The Gauchos. Uh, the Gauchos. Uh, a lovely place, I'm sure. Jace, near LA. I'm aware of the gaucho hat. Sort of yeah. a wide-brimmed flat hat. Yeah, if that's a clue for you, then, then feel free to use it. What is a gaucho? I'm not sure. We might have to fact check that later. Okay. Uh, and this young man's name is Tommy Jew. J-E-W. <laughs> His last name is Jew. Tommy Jew. Jew or not a Jew? Tommy Jew. Of UC Santa Barbara. Oh, so like of the Santa Barbara Jews. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Where is he from? Is he from Santa Barbara? Oh, good question. I should I should have gotten more information from him about him to uh, to test this knowledge. This is like the uh, the what call it the script spelling bee. You need the definition of uh, of his uh, the definition of his life and all that. So here's like, some more information. So I'm going to tell you. I looked it up. A gaucho is a skilled horseman, brave okay. and unruly. 
well, so based go. on that, I'm going to say not a Jew. But I think there's probably a couple of more things we could find out. So I will give you the answer. Tommy Jew, as far as I can tell, is not a Jew. Oh, you are correct. Oh, that is so disappointing. Uh, still, a Mike Jacobs all-star, Tommy if ever there was Jew. one. <laughs> this is like that joke in Curb Your Enthusiasm where, uh, uh, you know, when Larry meets Loretta Black for the Jew. first time. And he says, you're not, your last name is Black. That's like if my name was Larry Jew. So I don't know where, where the name came from. I think it's, it must be from the same place as like Norman Jewison. Like yeah, right. Another from. classic Mike Jacobs all-star. Yeah. But so who's less Jewish? Who's more disappointing? Our producer Alex was wondering this. He's signaling to me now. Tommy Jew or Norman Jewison, which is the bigger twist? I think Norman Jewison's a bigger twist because he directed he directed Fiddler on the Roof, and right. that's like if you told me that the guy who directed you could you could tell me that the guy who directed Fiddler on the Roof's name was like uh, Chris Franklin, and I would still be like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's Jew. he must be Jewish. he must be Jewish, <laughs> he must have changed his name when he got to Hollywood, because there's no right. way that somebody directed Fiddler yeah. on the Roof without knowing without knowing a lot about Jews. Norman Jewison sounds like a name where if say like a non-Jewish guy was at shul and he had to pretend yeah, exactly. to fit in, and they were like, who are you? Well, yeah. I'm Norm Jewison. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I think that, that's right. Thomas Jew, at least, maybe you could pull off the Thomas. I don't know a lot of Jewish Tommies. Yeah, as far as I can tell from looking at his Twitter page and finding uh, lots of references to New Testament books <laughs> and glory being to God, uh, he is not Jewish. So good luck to him anyways. Hopefully he gets yep. drafted or, or he returns next year to, to, the, to the Gauchos and uh, has a successful season. It seems like a good, I think it's a pretty solid baseball school. Yeah, uh, I, I think, think they it were is. in the College World Series not that long ago. So, uh, so just to get him. a little bit more about why Gauchos are probably not Jews, they uh, resemble respected members of 19th century rural horse base cultures. Okay, but you know it's just the team name. It doesn't really affect. Like I, I understand, know. but yeah. like I mean, there aren't a lot of Jewish cowboys. Uh, very, very few. There were I mean, some, according to. Uh, What's his name? Mr. Bergman? Yeah, Mr. Bergman. Exactly. Well, there, I was going to say, there's the uh, the scene where she says, he says, name three things wrong with my outfit. And she says, well, you're a cowboy and you're obviously Jewish. <laughs> and he says, there were, there were actually, there were plenty of Jewish cowboys. Right. Yeah. Of course. I don't know if there were any. Uh, but uh, There's uh, the old Stephen Wright joke. What's that? The comedian Stephen Wright, where he meets a woman on the bus and the woman, or on an airplane, and the woman looks miserable. She's extremely beautiful. And he says, oh, what's wrong? And she says, well, I'm a nymphomaniac and I'm only attracted to Jewish cowboys. And he says, nice to meet you. I'm Bucky Goldstein. That's pretty good. So, I mean, maybe the gauchos fit that that group. But you know who is Jewish? Not necessarily a cowboy, but uh, Bret Hart, the Western author, was Jewish. Jewish. Back to wrestling. Not the wrestler. Not Bret the Hitman Hart. Yeah, right. Who is of the, uh, the Calgary the, fighting hearts. We're, yeah, we're talking about Bret the Yidman Hart. Right. And, the luck uh, of Roaring Camp, Bret Hart. <laughs> this, this, is the, this is the part of our podcast with lots of li- like vague literary references. Like it, It's good when we get to the podcast and my mom's like, you know, I really like that Calvin Trillin bit you guys did at the end. Was that for me? And I'm like, well, you know, it's a small audience. That's so. right. If you want to discuss Jewish themes in Guy Vanderhaeg novels <laughs> about the Saskatchewan uh, frontier life, yeah, uh, feel free to write in and we can talk about it in a future episode. Well, let's finish up here. Gabe, you said you had a Jew or not a Jew for me. That's right. Uh, there is a single player on the uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, not the St. Louis Jews, the St. Louis Blues. We're going to find out if this St. Louis Blue is also a St. Louis Jew. Okay. I feel like growing up, you know, mid-2000s, Toronto, 
in a, a modern community with a large Jewish community, you would have met more than one Jewish kid named Jaden Schwartz. Uh, I don't know if I knew any Jaden Schwartzes per se, but, but definitely it sounds like a kid I could have taken on a canoe trip. At one exactly. Point. You yeah. can imagine that, you know, uh, Lori and Nate Schwartz named their kid, born in, say, 1995, Jaden. Okay. Common name. He's got his brothers, Austin and, uh, you know, Marley, or okay. sister Marley, the Schwartz family, Jaden Schwartz. Plays for the St. Louis Blues, grew up playing in the Western Hockey League. Drafted pretty young, been a long time. Is he Jewish? Okay, where did he? Where did he? Uh, where did he grow up? Do you know? Where did Jaden Schwartz grow up? Yeah, I feel like this is going to give it away because I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I don't know the answer here, but I feel like there's a lot of Schwartzes that are like German, Scandinavian Schwartzes who settled in the Midwest, the Upper Midwest. So if this kid's from Minnesota, I, I, I know what my answer is going to be. So, Jaden Schwartz currently listed on his Wikipedia as a position of. Bruin killer. Oh, that's good. Good Wikipedia vandalism. Exactly. It, 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 he uh, is a left-handed shooter. I don't know uh, if that's. I don't know if that makes it any easier <laughs> for me. Uh, he played for the Tri City Storm. Went to college at Colorado in Colorado. Okay. Uh, Where was he born? In the Frozen Four. He was born in Melfort, Saskatchewan, but he was raised. In Wilcox, Saskatchewan. Okay. So I'm going to say that based on my uh, general understanding that there's about enough Jews in Saskatchewan to make a minion and not much else, yeah. that this young man, Jaden Schwartz, is not a Jew. You are correct. Jaden yes. Schwartz, probably the only non-Jewish Jaden Schwartz in the I don't world. know. I mean, Schwartz, Schwartz seems like a very Jewish name, but, it, but it's also just German for black, right? So it's like there are, you know, like there's a lot of – black is a very common surname in, right. in every language basically. That's true. So, I mean, like Schwarzenegger, right? It's the same, it's the same That's name. That's true. Uh, Jack so, Black. He's Jewish. Is he? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. You're right. Is his name actually Jack Schwartz? I don't know. Really That's a good question. Um, anyway, so I'm not so surprised that he, as a Schwartz, is not Jewish. Uh, but, uh, you know, a Mike Jacobs all-star, I suppose. Absolutely. Jaden, you know, Jaden's just not particularly Jewish name, but I can see how lots of people would like, for those who are non-Jewish listeners, there's a real tradition in Ashkenazi Judaism of naming people after, uh, deceased family members. So a lot of people would update names and, you know, if, if there was an old fashioned, uh, J name, like, right. I don't know, Jack or, uh, Yankel right. or something like that, <laughs> then, uh, Jaden might be what, what was Jesus. Said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Jaharazeb. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of Jeroboams uh, <laughs> going in, in recent family tree. Oh, then again, we, we we do know someone named Lazarus. So. This is true. Who is Jewish? Yeah. That said, we also aren't very connected with the Saskatchewan Mennonite community or the Ontario Mennonite community, where oh, yeah. you might meet a, as you said, Jeroboam or a Jericho. I feel know, like the Mennonite community is a good place for Jewish-sounding names, like came over from Germany at a similar time and like you that's know, right have have that sort of Jewish sounding but not quite Jewish well I it's good to know to close Jeremy Jeremy to close Jamie talking about Jeremy Jacobs I will hold you to naming your first child Hezekiah <laughs> okay we'll have to see what my wife says about that uh, my wife great um Thanks for joining us. Uh, sorry for Gabe's outburst, uh, but we really appreciate you taking time with us today. Again, uh, please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Please check us out on the Canadian Jewish News website, cjnews.com. That's and right. We got it right this time. That's right. 
please, yeah, that's right. So if anyone if anyone struggled to find the Canadian Jewish News based on me giving the URL improperly last time, hopefully this has sorted you out. That's right. I'm. I know. We tend not to be particularly passive-aggressive on this podcast. We're fairly open-minded, or at least we like to be. But if you had trouble finding the URL, please Google it. (laughs) That's right. Uh, And again, thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be back soon with more news about sports and news about Jews. That you can use.